welcome to Garbage of the Five Rings, a podcast where we run out of time to do the research that we promised we were going to do, so we talk about other stuff instead. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and today my co-host Jude Vase and I talk about how we went to Gen Con, and now we're just too tired to do actual work. Yeah. I usually have something clever to say here, but honest to God, uh, Gen Con was a lot, guys. It's, it's been a week. We're mostly recovered. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. Um, for those of you that maybe don't follow me on Twitter, um, first of all, uh, why? And second, you may not know that I spent 11 days in California before Gen Con, and then I had 14 hours at home, and then I went to Gen Con. And I don't, re- I don't recommend that. Uh, it was a bad idea. I had a lot of fun in both California and Gen Con, but I came back and was pretty much a lump of meat tired tired meat <laughs> tired tired so, meat yeah so yeah we're just kind of getting back on the the pony here um and hidden emperor is still the shit show it was when when we uh left for gen con it's super weird how we went to a convention came back and l5r didn't get any better while we were gone ah <laughs> uh, that doesn't shock me at all yeah hidden emperor i'm so excited to cover hidden emperor i honest to god i really am but the increase in complexity is significant. And I want to be real clear here. We are not fucking apologizing. But we are explaining how gnarly Hidden Emperor is. And it's a lot. And we are attempting to front load the unraveling of our... Not the unraveling. We're attempting to front load the design of a better methodology for tackling this stuff now so we don't have to reinvent the wheel every single arc. So uh, that's why it's taken a couple weeks longer than we anticipated. So that's why you get this rambling bullshit episode this week. Yeah, and we'll dig into it when we when we do our next episode. We're going to start by kind of explaining a little bit of the changes that we've come up with for our methodology um, but even at Gen Con, we sat down and had a little bit of a working lunch to kind of figure out how we were going to do things because it's honestly been like hurting both of our brains trying to figure out how to make sense of how much information there is. And it's just a lot more complex information, too, than there there was, especially like in Scorpion Clan Coup. But things are a lot yeah. deeper and there's just a lot more going on. And honestly, we're just really fucking tired. So, yeah. yeah. So uh let's get into gen con um i can't fathom anybody listening to this dumb podcast does not know what gen con is but also i couldn't fathom that anybody would listen to this dumb podcast without knowing what l5r was and yet you're out there so let's very briefly talk about what gen con is uh gen con is the biggest tabletop gaming convention in america they had approximately 70,000 people attend Gen Con this year. So many people. It was so many people, y'all. It was it was too many. Dare I say, too many people. Yeah. I think they said they had something like, uh, what was it, like 130,000 ticketed, that can't be right. No, uh, 30,000 ticketed events? No, 26,000? Something like that. It was some uh, insane number of events ticketed events and it's just huge gen con has has basically just owns indianapolis at this point um they basically bully indianapolis around when it comes to what they what hotels they do and do not build and 
what they do at their convention center. Um, it's really impressive. Gen Con's great. I really love Gen Con because it's one of the like two times a year when I get to see all my friends from back home and all my friends from around the gaming, podcasting, nerd internet world. But holy shit, y'all. It's so many people. And it's like 14-hour days. And it's a lot. Yeah, I think I left my house place where i was staying every day around like eight o'clock and i usually got back around like 12 30 um and i was pretty proud of myself for going to bed at a reasonable time every night i know people who are up and out doing things until two or three and you could easily do that if you wanted to i couldn't um because i like to get you know five hours of sleep at night yeah it helps being boring sober people uh, certainly helps in that regard because at the end of our nights, like I know you and you would head back. We got dinner on one night and everyone was like, well, we're all, we're all going to go out drinking now. And I'm just like, mm. woo, sweet, easy out. I don't drink. So I, get I know. To go Isn't home that and go like there's bed. part of me that's like, oh, I wish because that's what everybody does in the evenings. There's There's part of me always that's like, oh, this feels really awkward to like. I don't want to go and be the only sober person in a loud, crowded bar, but also there's part of me that's like, sweet, I don't have to feel crappy about being like, I'm just actually really tired <laughs> and I want to go yeah. home and there's, I'm like, if I look at another person, I'm going to scream. So bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I frequently feel grateful that I have that excuse to, to bail out of in super overwhelming social, uh, situations. Um. I do occasionally also miss, you know, a drink, but mostly uh, it's nice to not have to feel like you have to go out till two in the morning every night. And I got to say, there's Um, part of me that feels real good the next morning when everybody's like, oh my God, I'm so hungover. And I'm like, oh, must be terrible for you and my six hours of sleep (laughs) that I got. And I feel great. (laughs) The only thing I missed about that is... uh, there was a story from Gen Con this uh, year yep. wherein Grant Howitt somehow somehow ended up thinking that Jim, the bad boy of L5R and gaming, McClure, molests Falcons. Yeah, and I still don't and entirely know that story. I just know that... This is just what we heard the next morning, is that this was the thing that was going around on Twitter and uh, around the convention was that this was somehow had come out at the bar. And boy, do I wish I had been there to see those two drunk and that's, that that story happened. Yeah. Um, that it hurts my heart a little bit that I did not get to see Grant extract that that confession from <laughs> I just I heard that at the end Jim was loudly yelling, "I do not fuck falcons." <laughs> um, so oh, yeah, this is a really great inside joke that I'm sure that our listeners really love. It's us talking about our friends uh, yelling about falcons. So well, and so okay, so we'll, we'll wrap it up here. But that should give you an indication of what kind of a an event Gen Con is. It really is about. Yeah, it's about playing D&D till four in the morning or the latest tabletop games or whatever it is that floats your boat when it comes to tabletop. But it's also about the friends that you have in the community. The friends we made along the way, Jude. It's about the friends we made along the way. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I, I don't remember often all the things that I do at Gen Con, but I remember, 
you know, the jokes and the the funny bits and all that shit. Gen Con is really a, a great place to reconnect with all your friends and hang out. So absolutely, it's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's again, like you said, it's one of those. This is one of the two times a year that I get to see these people in person. And then we all go home and we're like back to being internet friends. But for those like four days, it's really fun to just hang out with people and, you know, like meet people in person for the first time or get to see them for the first time in a year or whatever. So it's exhausting, but I would do it again, you know, next week if you asked me to. Same here. So should we talk about what we did there? Yeah, we did some L5R stuff at Gen Con. We did. We actually started our Gen Con on a L5R-ish note. Which is not what we usually do, but we'll we'll come to that later. We'll talk about what we usually do. Um, we went to Fantasy Flight's traditional Wednesday night panel, the in-flight report, um, with such high hopes, such high, high hopes for interesting L5R news and just dashed like a, like a little birdie that left the nest too early on the concrete below. Wow, that's really, it's really dark. Um, we um, sat through the whole panel, the whole time being like, fuck yeah, here we go, it's coming, we're going to save the best for last. Okay, all right, we got through Genesis, all right, Star Wars, okay, all right, um, whatever this new Marvel bullshit is, okay, all right, L5R, L5R, nothing. No, there were two, I would say between two and six frames of animation about L5R, and that was it. Um, the irony being that um, our f- friend of the show, uh, Dave, had somehow like told somebody that we were press, which is fucking hilarious. That is the most seriously anyone has taken me in my entire life, I have to say. Thank you so much, David, for that. Um, yeah. For vouching for us and um, convincing people to take us seriously so that we could have our media passes. <laughs> yeah, which we basically used to stand... Uh, after the panel, we went into the media room and we stood there in sort of blank confusion and talked with David and Rhiannon for like, I don't know, 10 minutes. And then we're like, well, let's get the fuck out of here. There's nothing to do here. I, yeah, I think five of that <laughs> 10 minutes was deciding exactly where we were going to go to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah, they they really did nothing. There was one question um, in the Q&A after the panel where someone was like, Hey, what the fuck, L5R? And the guy, the it was the, like the CEO, where he was basically like, watch the website. Um, we were like, which was sir, kind of their, don't you think we've been doing that this whole time? Yeah, which was basically their whole response to anything where people were salty about the uh, what they weren't getting. So yeah, I mean, he that did was a say bummer. Basically, like, yep, there'll be stuff. So like, it wasn't like a no, but. Yeah, it's like, like I get. So to play devil's advocate, they announced a bunch of shit. Um, they announced this huge new Marvel LCG, which is a big deal for them. Marvel's a huge property right now. And for them to slap Marvel on something is basically like print money. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a number of Star Wars is always big fucking money for them. So they're always going to put the Star Wars stuff up front. Yeah. And now it was all like... And they have a limited amount of time. It was all like X-Wing and Armada and stuff, though. I don't recall them... Like, I don't think it was anything for the RPG, right? Yeah. No, the the RPG... So here's the thing with the in-flight report. 
they are using that to show off the, the the things that are the big money. Right. Like I have to imagine that they're they're trying to maximize the impact of that panel to show off the stuff that's the biggest deal. And I I just don't think L5R is like up there with Star Wars and Marvel as far as a moneymaker for them. So yeah, this is an interesting discussion that we had and that I ended up having with people a few times over the course of the weekend is talking about the kind of business practice part of this. And I don't know enough about gaming business practices or Fantasy Flight's business practices in particular. But one of the things that we talked about was that L5R is one of the few properties that they own the IP for. Like, they own it top to bottom. They're not licensing things like they are with Star Wars or Marvel or anything like that. And so the question then, too, is, like, is it worth more to make things for something like L5R where they aren't licensing things? But on the other hand, you don't have the same name recognition that you do with something like Star Wars, where you still have to pay to put their name on everything. But... Yeah. And I... I, I would think that L5R just doesn't make as much money. Um, you know, it, it does have 20 years of name recognition, but I also think that when AEG sold stuff to Fantasy Flight, they lost a lot of people. I, like, I know plenty yeah, of people it, who, you know, who always loved L5R and still love L5R, but aren't really into the Fantasy Flight part of it. Yeah, I think AEG had done a really good job of strangling the product in the in its latter years, and... I also think, though, that you, L5R and Star Wars are just not even in the same ballpark um, as far as recognition goes. Oh, not even and close. God, no. No. So, I mean, but even within, like, gaming circles, like, even if you put aside other stuff, if you put a, a Star Wars LCG and a L5R LCG on a shelf, the Star Wars one's going to outsell it any day of the week just on name recognition so, well, right. I mean, because that's the thing is like there are no L five R movies. So like even if you take like you know, like you can't even take that out of the gaming space, right? Because anybody who is anybody has heard of Star Wars. Yeah. So I think that's part of the problem. Um, is that the panel was very trying to to maximize their the maximize the dollars that they were exposing. Yeah. In that panel, so they had this big Marvel thing to show off. They had. They were talking a lot about Keyforge, which apparently is just fucking blowing out because Keyforge is a wholly owned thing. They own it completely, and it's sold a fuck ton of products. It's, it's been bananas for them this last year because yeah. last year was they announced it, right? They announced it last year, and they sold a million decks. Yeah. Let that sink in. That's, again, bananas. I mean, and part of that is just the way Keyforge works and like the way their tournaments and stuff work for something like that because they're all like weird individual decks and you like can't make your own, you know, yeah, like you have to show up and like buy the deck and like that's the whole thing. Sales is sales though. Oh, right. That's dollars is dollars. The bank. Yeah. So anyway, enough about the business practices of it. We were super bummed. There was no L5R. I do have to say, real quick aside, last year at Gen Con, the RPG hadn't even come out yet. You could get the beginner box, but the actual core book hadn't come out yet. And so yeah. between Gen Con last year and Gen Con this year, we have gotten the beginner box, the core book, three supplements, and three adventures. 
That's a shit ton of product for a team that we know at at Fantasy Flight is very small. The RPG team there is not large. Right. And so it's like, I want to be salty that there wasn't an announcement of new things. But when you stop and look at it in the course of one year, the amount of stuff that we've gotten, plus three novels, plus like whatever they're doing with the LCG, it's not a small amount of stuff. They've done a lot. So like, I I feel like I want to be angry because it's me and it's my thing and give me the thing that I want. But in reality, it's not like we... We haven't been getting things. We just didn't get an announcement of what we're getting. Yeah, I think my salt is mostly, it's not that they're not doing stuff with L5R. It's that it doesn't feel like it's it's a priority product with them. And that may just be the case. Like, I mean, honestly, probably like when you look at the other things that they have that are Star Wars, Marvel, Game of Thrones, you know, like all of those other things. Lovecraft. All right. these things that sell a lot of mo- make a lot of money. I'm sorry yeah. that our weird fantasy samurai game isn't top on the list. Yeah. However, the nice thing, the cool thing about that panel was that we did get to meet David and Rhiannon uh, after the panel or shortly before the panel. And then we hung out with them after, which was super cool. Um, and then, yeah. And that was the first day. Yeah. That was our Wednesday from six to, well, midnight for me. You left a little bit earlier because you were a reasonable human and also tired so yeah um yeah it was a lot of fun still i mean it was a bummer but it was good yeah. we didn't get any free stuff at the panel though yeah what are you gonna do i uh, never go again i mean i quit yeah, i quit I think... l5r <laughs> yeah I, I don't know that i'm gonna do the in-flight panel next <gasps> year we'll see but what else do you have we'll going see. wednesday night though that's my thing it's like if it conflicted with literally anything else <laughs> but like I'm gonna get in Wednesday anyway because I don't want to have to like drive overnight because I drive. So like I'm gonna get in Wednesday anyway. Like what else did I have going? I guess I could have ditched it to go to the Diana Jones Awards, but like meh, it's crowded and also in a bar. So yeah, not like point. I have anything else going on in my life. Yeah. Uh. So what other L5R stuff did we get up to at Gen Con? You ran some L5R, Amelia. I did. Um. <laughs> who boy. This was the second time I've ever run L5R. It is the first time I've run a game at a convention. It is the first time I've run a game for people I didn't know. And I thought, hey, why not run a game that people have to pay to get a ticket to? That should be fine. Wasn't it also the first time you've ever designed a module? Oh. <laughs> the first time you've ever run that module you designed? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Um, yeah, I decided to write my own adventure. Um, I meant to playtest it. And then um, just when I ended up moving um, in June and all that kind of stuff, it just didn't happen. I didn't get time to playtest it before I went and I crossed my fingers and I hoped for the best. Um, I think it went relatively well. It was a group of five people, which is a little bit bigger than I really would want a group to be. But I felt kind of bad, like limiting it to only four people. I I signed up to run it again at a catacon and I, I did limit it to four people for that one because five felt like a lot. But it was a it was a group of people who had never played L5R before. One person had run it once. So it went okay. I think I spent a lot of time trying to explain the world and um, kind of like the social etiquette of things. That was a little bit rough. My adventure was kind of insular so that you didn't have to like you didn't have to know a lot of lore. Because I didn't want people to have to 
deal with that kind of like level of knowledge, especially because I, I know myself, like I know us and who we are that I could be like, um, actually, and I didn't want to be that kind of person <laughs> and like require that level of knowledge. So I, yeah. I ran it in sort of this like very insular environment that you didn't need a lot of lore background. Um, but there was still a little bit of a, um, a difference in like how much social stuff I kind of expected people to know. So I don't know. We'll figure out how to convey that. Um, the adventure itself, I think, went pretty well. I was super nervous about it, but it was a really good group of people. So I don't know. There's a few things to tweak, but I had fun. So we'll see. We'll see. Good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we also played an L5R game together. We we did. Um, um, it was fine. Yeah, I have I have thoughts on this thing. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. I think first we should maybe like explain kind of what the adventure was. Yeah, it was called God. What was it called? The the Highwaymen. So there, I liked the framework premise for the adventure. That there's a the basic premise is that there's a sake shipment that has gone missing, and that the Lord sends some lackeys to go get it because his lord, a scorpion, is going to murderize him because his there's a wedding going on. That's a very like L5R module, like L5R one shot kind of setup. Yeah. And this is the official one run by Fantasy Flight, we should say, that this is like their official yeah, yeah, yeah. module that they were running this year. Yeah. And there's spooky stuff going on. Um, we love spooky which stuff. Which is cool. We love that. We love spooky stuff. Uh, so here's where it gets problematic for me. You're all paid, which I thought was stupid. And I don't know if that's written into the module or if this is something that the GM added, but that didn't feel L5R at all. It was definitely part of the module because that was part of my character's motivation was that they were seriously in debt and they needed the money for this. See, that's that's buck wild right? to me because like, there's no I I can't I'm I I just have a lot of trouble with someone thinking that like hiring a bunch of dudes like like I that's get, not L five R that's D and D. Yeah, well, I mean, so I can hear the somebody in the comments being like, uh, ahem, uh, what about like. The Seven Samurai, they were working for rice. Okay, but shut up. It's our really. podcast. Fuck off. <laughs> Let us be mad about but this. Also, but also not really. Um, and certainly L5R doesn't really embrace that. Like the whole like working for the man for your, your nine to five Skrilla is not, <laughs> it's just not like. No, it's, it's a quintessential it's not, and especially not, fact about L5R that it is not that. Yeah. And especially not fifth edition. It's very hard to like leverage the fundamental way that game is designed if you're just doing it for the money. Well, right, because the whole point of your ninjo and your giri is that like you have this duty to your lord that interferes with your own personal desires. And in this case, we did not have a lord that we were really working for. We were yeah. just like, yeah, dude, I need that six koku. Yeah, uh, which brings me to the characters, which was another crazy pants selection i liked all of the characters i want to say that up front i liked each of the characters except for one the geisha who was randomly a shugenja yo which was a yeah uh that was a weird choice um i wasn't sure about that one but i liked all the characters i liked i liked all the characters individually but i had there was no fucking reason for these characters to be like working together other than this super like 
You seem a noble crew. Let's adventure together from the tavern. Kind of, here, take my money and go do something. Kind of hook. It was, look, I don't want to be mean because I don't know, but it seemed fucking lazy to just be like, here's a bunch of characters. You've all been paid. Go adventure. Like, there are way better ways to do this. And I get that it's hard in L5R because of the clan thing. Blah, blah, blah. But it was, man, I don't know. It just didn't work for It me. was not an L5R adventure. Like I said, it's, it felt very like D&D. Like, here's this job you need to yeah, go do. Yeah, it really did. And, you know, I don't like d and I, I will say that. It's not my kind of game. Um, it would have done a better job than what this did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the, the final beef I had with it was that with the module, we'll talk about what happened at the <laughs> end there in a second. My final beef with the module was that the characters involved were the the, the characters that they designed were, I don't know, maybe it's because of the way that it was run, but I didn't understand why the characters that were they designed were chosen. I liked them, but I didn't see the point of like half the characters. So I I did get a chance to talk to some other people that played this adventure. And from what I can tell, there were things like on those character sheets and about those other characters that didn't come up during our game. Because I want to say that I think you and I were the only people that had played L5R before at that table. And we're only the only people that were really like familiar with the Uh, setting or anything. So I think that there was some other stuff that like might have made it a little clearer that didn't come up because people didn't know what it was. Yeah. The guy across from us that was playing the the pot maker, mm-hmm. there was a pot maker uh-huh. uh, that can, I, I didn't understand, but okay, um, had played L5R before. Oh, okay. But yeah. So, and then the, the last thing we're going to say about this is that um, the way that the final encounter went down was weird. There was supposed to be a large social encounter. But somebody, we don't need to name names. It's not important. It was me. Uh, Unmasked. It it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Upon encountering the Rakshasa, is that how they say it? Yeah, Rakshasa. Whatever. The Rakshasa's kitchen full of human meats, unmasked and screamed, which is fucking reasonable and entirely reasonable. Right. So we had to take three strife because we came across these human remains that were just fucking gruesome. My character hit their composure limit, and I said, okay, I'm going to unmask now. The reasonable thing to do in this situation when you come across a pile of human remains is to scream. Now, our method to get into this place had been sneaking, so obviously, screaming, not a very sneaky thing to do, but screaming made sense. Did it not? Yeah, no, it was perfectly sensible, and apparently, and I don't know if this was written into the scenario or if it was a GM choice, as a result of this character screaming... The entire social encounter was skipped, which was like, you could see the GM just like, page, 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 page. Two of the Onis that we were supposed to face, we didn't even talk to or encounter. And we went straight into combat with the last Oni. And yeah, and I don't know if it was just like, it could have been either a combat or an intrigue, depending on how we'd approached it. Because I feel like if I had been writing an adventure or running an adventure, I would have left that open. Like, if you approach, you know, in this specific way, it'll trigger combat. And if you are approaching in this other... It was supposed to be both, apparently. How can it be both? 
um, you apparently you go into a social intrigue, and then at some point it devolves into a combat. You, it devolves into a combat. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, the takeaway here uh, is that we did not like it. So I, I thought there were a lot of interesting things about it. I liked a lot of the framework around it, and I, I, I just there were things we did not like about it. I did not like about yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, um, it felt a little weird, and I, you know, and I, I really don't know how much of that was the group of people that were playing, the the gym that was running it, the adventure itself, the characters. You know, it's it's hard to tell like where things didn't really fit together. Um, yeah. You know, how much of it was you and I just ruining things for everybody else just by showing up? Um, yeah. Yep. Totally possible. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was fine. I'm glad that we got to play L5R together because it's, you know, I enjoy that. I, I yep. It didn't feel like L5R, though. No, not at all. Uh, so that that was the sum of the, RPG, of the L5R RPG we got to play. Can we talk about the best L5R thing that we did? Yeah. Uh, so, if you've never been to Gen Con, you may not be familiar with a big booth, a big booth called Chimera, also known much better uh, at Gen Con as the Dead CCG booth. Um, also, Dead RPGs. If you go on the other side, yeah, Dead RPGs on the other side. I do want to point um, out that this Chimera is a real is a real shop that you can go to. Um, it is about fifteen minutes away from somewhere that I used to live. For four years, um, they have locations in both Appleton, Wisconsin, and Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. I lived right in between there in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Um, so about 15, 20 minutes away from either of those locations. Have never actually been there. <laughs> I buy stuff from them at Gen Con every year, but I've never been to their real store. Uh, yeah, they're cool because they have this, like, I don't know, this, like, 30, 40-foot-long table covered in CC dead CCGs, and they have a very substantial collection of L5R. And I went several times, and I was real good the first two or three passes. But I am, I am just a a man. I am just a sack of tired tired meat. And uh, we bought some cards. We did, and um, we cracked them open. And you, if you follow us on Instagram, and if you don't. Why not? I did post them on our Twitter as well. And on Twitter, you saw some of the the highlights of these packs that we opened. Um, my favorite being the sexy pterodactyl only. Oh, my God. Was um, it, it, that's one of the elemental terrors, right? Yeah, one of the elemental terrors. Um, I also like um, sexy exercising Tadaka. Yes, I got to take that one home. I'm going to frame it somewhere. Yeah. I haven't decided where yet. We're probably like somewhere near my actual pretty L5R art. I'm going to put this sexy ass tadaka in a jumpsuit yeah yeah uh so that was really fun um i also bought the storms over matsu palace learn to play set and i played a game with my friend ryan and i got raffle stomped by the unicorn which is super nostalgic because that's pretty much how that went my entire l5r career wasn't this the first time ryan trounced by ponies nah he i tried to teach him to play years ago um but that doesn't really matter. Ponies versus versus lion is is a pretty standard outcome. But yeah, it was fun. I had a good time playing. Um, it was very nostalgic to play again. I love that game. I had to work so hard not to buy so much product. Uh, I have no one to play it with here. And there's no point in buying like $200 worth of Emperor Edition or Celestial Edition. 
CCG. Yeah, I did physically so. push you away from the booth at one point. I was like, we are leaving. And yeah. then you were like, okay, but real quick, I'm just going to go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I did pretty good. I only spent like 40 bucks on cards. So, And it was all from eras that we were covering. It was all from like Clan Wars and Hidden Emperor. So I feel like I could justify that as a podcast expense. I bought Time of the Void. <laughs> terrible god that book um, i hate that i book. almost bought you a copy as well uh i did not but i i almost did um what else did i buy i bought um hidden emperor mm-hmm. the oriental adventures version Ugh. i know um i bought oh i bought merchant's guide to rokugan <laughs> because i still want to know what the fuck is the cola jude <laughs> I y'all I am determined to find out what the fuck the cola is. So I bought Well, this arc is gonna get into yeah, that. Yeah, so I bought Merchant's Guide to Rokugan and then I also bought uh Vacant Throne. So Yep, which is a little bit in the future. That's a few arcs in the future, but it's a real good book for that. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna make us run a really shitty time of the void game. So That's right. If if you're coming to a catacon, uh keep your eyes peeled for that. Um we're gonna we're gonna run something out of time of the void because we hate ourselves that much. And you, dear listeners, we also hate you. Um, yep. Yeah, we should put some more info on our Twitter about a catacon because we will both be there, and um, it is a nice alternative to Gen Con for people who don't like other people, and you know who want to go visit Dayton, Ohio, which is literally no one, but that's fine. In the words of my therapist, why the fuck are you going there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so aside from our crappy cards and books and games, we did get a chance to meet some people. Yep. Yes, we did. Uh, not everyone. Um, we do not apologize on this podcast, so we are not going to apologize for not meeting all the people that messaged us after Gen Con to say, oh, hey, I'm, we didn't get to meet up with you at Gen Con. Uh, that is a statement. Uh, That is a fact. We did not meet up with everyone that apparently wanted to meet up with us. Maybe next year we'll do a panel or something like that so we can do that. Yeah. I I made a note in the outline. We are special. You make time for us. We don't make time for you. You make time for us. (laughs) Jude does not agree with that statement, but I had a lot going on this Gen Con, so. Yeah. Um, But we did get to meet some people, uh, and that was really cool. It was very nostalgic for me my first gen con was the best part of my very first gen con was dinner for villains the spider clan dinner where i met um a bunch of people that i knew from the spider clan forum and made some friends and really connected with the l5r community for the first time and so it was cool meeting some of the friends from the old l5r community and sort of getting that feeling again of reconnecting with the L5R folks. So that was really fun. Yeah, that's a thing that I've I've kind of always been wanting. My first Gen Con was 2017, which was the launch of the new LCG. And at that point, you and I were super active on the Discord. So I did get to meet a lot of L5R folks that way. Um, and then, like, by last year, I was not involved in that anymore. So I kind of – and I, I'm not a big – card game player like never have been so i didn't really Mm -hmm. stick with the lcg or anything like that so i've kind of fallen out of that circle and i sort of miss the community part of it um and kind of want that so it was nice to meet people it was nice to hand people our cards (laughs) and 
yeah. um, our terrible our cards. terrible cards. Thanks, Jess. Um, and and see people's reactions when we kind of explained who we were and what we did. <laughs> that was yeah. really good too. Man, one of the highlights for me was uh, we tracked down Sean Carmen yes. <laughs> um, at Kyudai Games booth and handed him the card, and. He was first. He was sort of shocked when he saw the art on the card, um, the Daigotsu mask on the card, and he said we were doing the Lord's work on this podcast, which was real flattering. I like that he um, apologized to us, which I think was really great because we obviously weren't going to apologize to him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, but we got his contact information, so. Little spoilers there, but I think you can expect that at some point in the future we uh, we may get Sean on here and talk to him a little bit. I'm not sure when that'll happen, but uh, that is definitely a thing. I'd like to get him and Rich Wolf are both people that I would like to talk to. Eh, maybe this arc or next arc. Next arc, ideally, I think Gold would be really when I'd like to do it. But yeah, yeah, you gave Drew Baker yep. your card. I did. I gave Drew Baker my card and. He really cracked up because, uh, okay, here most of you know by now that I am a big old Daigotsu nerd. No, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty well established. Drew Baker has created all of the best art of Daigotsu. He's the. I think there is one, maybe two pieces of art of Daigotsu that aren't drawn by Drew, Drew Baker. So. Every year at Gen Con, I go and say hello to Drew and try not to be too big of a fanboy and try and keep my shit together and look through what he's got at his booth and just chat. Last year, you bought seven pieces. I want to point out to um, You bought seven pieces. Thanks. Thank you for calling me out on yeah, that. Uh-huh. Um, so this year, I went and I gave him the card and told him what we were doing, and he thought that was very cool. But he thought the art of my uh, my art on the card was was very funny. He had a he he had a laugh at that. Um, but he really liked the art. He especially liked the garbage logo with the garbage pieces. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I went and talked so, to him later, actually, and he and I were talking about your chat with him and how he uh, talked to you about his um, all his sketches and stuff too. And he was like, "I think that the only reason he didn't buy them was because I didn't have them right here." <laughs> And he's like, did you really do I that? I talked to him, yeah. And I was like, oh, I heard- you didn't tell me that. Oh, did I not tell you this? Yeah. So I told him, I was no. like, oh, I heard you were talking to my co-host, and he was. I was like, I heard that you were uh, quite cruel and <laughs> were talking to him about the the sketches. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the only reason that he didn't walk away with them is because I don't have them here, and he had too much time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> and I was like, I see that you uh you have a sound business plan here, sir. <laughs> Which is just corner Jude. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. See, now he's just going to bring him next year. He knows he's got a sucker Uh on on hand Uh and just brings him next year. Now he's got your contact info, too, sir. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, you know exactly what you're doing, don't you? uh, So, yeah. Uh, So, that was cool. Um so yeah, that's about all the L5R stuff I think that we got up to. Yeah, that's it. Just that. Yeah. <laughs> um what we don't really need to get a ton into the non L5R stuff, but what were the highlights for you? What was sort of the the big 
the big noteworthy stuff for your Gen Con? Um, so I think for me it was two things probably, um, two non-L5R things. Um, one was the Quizdom Mastery panel that, um, by System Mastery, <laughs> which was, was really good. the best time that I have had at Gen Con, I think, in I was going to say in recent memory, like I've been going forever. This was only my third year. Um, but in the three years, it was so much fun. Um, the System Mastery podcast is, if you like this show, but you you want them to only talk about one game at a time, you should go listen to System Mastery. They review old, out-of-print role-playing games. It's very good. Um, but Jeff and John, who run that podcast, did a quiz panel, um, a la Big Fat Quiz or something like that, where they just asked RPG questions. This year, it was, it was pretty heavy on D&D. It's the first year that they've done it. Um, but I got to be on the panel, and I was teamed up with bad boy of RPGs, Jim McClure. Um, we did so terribly, but it was so much fun. Um, we got 52 sixths of a point. It was it was a lot of fun. It was like two hours of just being completely wrong about RPGs, and it was a lot of fun. Jim was so offended that there were no L5R questions. Dude, he was... Okay, we were both real mad. And then we spent forever trying to think of our team name. And he was like, well, it has to be something L5R related. And then we couldn't think of anything. It was just, I was really disappointed in us. Um, but he did say that in, in the future, he would be my partner again and we could do better. So, nice. yeah. <laughs> oh, and then I think outside yeah. of that, um, Descent into Midnight is always my favorite. And I know that we didn't really get to play, but I would have gladly spent all four of our hours world building and not actually playing that game. Yeah, the playing of that game was actually the least interesting part uh, of that session. So what about you? What are your your things? Um, I think Heart was probably the highlight. I forgot about for Heart. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, Grant Howitt's sort of Spire spinoff. Man, I don't even know where to start with this game. Um, I love Spire to death. It's one of my like top three RPGs of all time. And... Heart is a sort of dungeon crawl, his take on dungeon crawls, a la Spire, which is not going to be a reference that really makes any sense to you if you don't know what Spire is. So if you don't, uh, just go Google it. Google Grant Howitt Spire or go to Rowan Rook and Deckard and look it up. I can put a link to our but, character creation cast Spire episodes in our show notes. Yeah, do that because Grant is sleep deprived and batty on that episode. It's fucking great. It's so good. Um, but yeah, Grant rolled into this session and was just fucking hilarious. And by the end of it, he was slaughtering half the table and declaring himself game daddy as he batted us, batted us around uh, at the end. It was one of the most gonzo, uh, goofy, and just weird uh, one-shots I've ever done at a con, and I had so much fun with it, and I can't wait to see the finished product. We built a casino where you have to pay in fingers or teeth or memories. memories. Or Yeah, it was a weird flesh yeah. casino. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the players blew up because he had a bomb inside him. Like that was the character part of the character's class was that they had a bomb in them, mm -hmm. and when they died, they exploded. You turned into a giant spider um, thing. Yes, I did. I did. I had one of my arms bitten off and took uh, t enough damage that it provoked me to turn into a giant spider. Um, what a good game! Yeah, it was really good. There was a angel made of meat ribbons. Yes. 
God, this game is good. I love this game so much. I mean, much. And I it's love so Spire too. Like it's, I mean, both of them are just phenomenal. Like the mechanics, the world, the, like it's so good. Yeah. And I'd forgotten that that was what my other panel was, that we got to do the character creation cast panel with Grant, where we spent an inordinate amount of time discussing mayonnaise. <laughs> bathtub <laughs> yes, mayonnaise. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, our bathtub and illegal you- mayonnaise. <laughs> And you offended James with your paper cut. Yeah, he was so mad at us. He really wanted us to. Um, yeah, James really was. He was kind of running that panel and really wanted us to be serious. Um, but he invited me and Grant Howitt to be on that panel. Um, and I feel yeah. like he ought to have known what was going to happen. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that was. I this Gen Con was just a lot of fun. It was a lot more doing stuff with friends than I've done in the past. Um, I didn't spend a lot of time necessarily trying new things i guess heart was new um but Mm -hmm. you know like not totally new and i was playing with people that i knew and um it's a system that i knew just a different kind of world um yeah but most of this gen con was just spent like hanging out with friends doing stupid stuff and i was really happy to do that yeah same uh so yeah that was it uh descend into midnight i guess for me as well is one of my all-time favorite systems as well. Um, and I lo- we got to play with Rich Howard, who is one of the best people in games and podcasts ever. And also the world, probably. Like, you'll world, never meet yeah. a nicer, more empathetic person than Rich. Like, Yeah, no, he's, he's just a, a very special dude. And I'm so glad that we have gotten to game with him so many times. Uh, and I can't wait to back the shit out of Descent into Midnight uh, when it's finally on Kickstarter. Yeah. But um, we always play Descent into Midnight at cons. Usually we, it's the, historically it's been the first game we play ever since we first played it. Last um, year at Gen Con. This year. <laughs> last year at Gen Con, but every con since then we've played it first. This year things got messed up and so it was the last game. And that was cool too. It was a nice way to end the con uh, with it. I think we'll see what happens at a Catacon this year. Maybe it'll be the first, maybe it'll be the last, maybe we'll do both. Whoa. But we'll see. Get crazy. What if we did it? What if we, hear me out. What if we did it in the middle? Uh, As long as we do it. Fair. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it too. Like this is my game that I have to play. Um, I want to be a weird world ending fish person. Uh, Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think next year we'll try and maybe do an actual meetup or something or a panel or, you know, we talked about it this year. Um. And unfortunately, because of my work with the One Shot Network this year, I had to run some stuff um, for them. And it was the first year that I really had to do that. And so I was a little bit stressed out with the logistics of that. I think next year. A little bit stressed out with the logistics okay, of that. Okay, you know what? You you didn't have to run anything, sir. Um, my hope is that next year I will have a little bit better of a grasp on what that looks like and how to do it. And then I won't feel so overwhelmed that we can't do something for this show too because we originally wanted to and i just couldn't make that work but yeah we had a couple of really good ideas for a panel to do at gen con and i think that would be the way to go do a panel and have some uh that way we can meet some of our fans tolerators Um, (laughs) yeah i don't know maybe no one would show up for it but it would be fun to do anyway yeah so definitely all right well uh, I can't fathom why any of you listen to this, but thank you for doing so. Um, you're welcome and for giving you this episode. Yeah. And if you were at Gen Con, I hope you had a good Gen Con. And if you are 
thinking about doing Gen Con next year, I highly encourage it. It's a good old time. It's a ton of fun. We'll be back in two weeks with Actually Hidden Emperor. Yep. Garbage of the Five Rings is an independent production and can be found online at www.garbageofthefiverings.com and on Twitter at G5R Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and I can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning. My co-host, Jude Vase, can be found on Twitter at Aramidic Jude. Sources for this episode and further information on the topics discussed can be found in the show notes. Thanks for letting us waste your time. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.